video of the exciting opportunities to do something of significance that we have coming up. Of course, we're in the midst of the uh, collection of Ukrainian refugees that we're sending down to the Ministry Center in San Diego, where there's a housing effort in, in process. This back area, the sunshine room, the back half of the fellowship room, everything is getting really well full. This week is the effort to sort it all and get it ready to pack the truck Wednesday afternoon. So anyone who has time starting at about one tomorrow or pretty much any time on Tuesday, and you can come up, Jan will, Jan will tell you what she needs you to do as far as sorting and folding sheets, folding blankets, and putting things in bags or boxes or whatever. So again, that's starting at one tomorrow and pretty much any time on Tuesday. If you can come up and help with that, that would be wonderful. And then on Wednesday, the trucks will take it all down to San Diego. So um, the effort's coming to a close, but a great opportunity to help some folks who really need it. Um, also, in connection with that, donations would still be kind of a good thing to help pay for the truck, to help pay for all the boxes and the sorting stuff that we need. And in case you, you didn't know, um, for regular collection or for these donations, which you need to mark Ukrainian refugee support down in the memo line, but there's a box that we have right out in the narthex that says donations on it. So there's a physical location to drop checks, or you can do it online through the church website if you care to donate electronically. Um, some other upcoming opportunities of significance. Of course, today is picnic day for the Kids Club and Next Gen. And also today at noon, we have virtual coffee hour without coffee, as Les likes to say. Uh, at noon on, on the, the uh, link to the church Zoom account. Uh, Monday, 1 o'clock, is prayer shawls. And again, that's when the sorting and packing and folding process starts. So um, we might impress some people from prayer shawls into sorting and folding and packing. Uh, Tuesday, no Bible study. We're still on the June break. Wednesday, 10 o'clock on Zoom is the prayer group. Uh, Thursday, and this I need to double check with Mary Lou Pastor. I want to see if Mary Lou is book club Thursday. Okay, sorry, no book club this Thursday. And then next Sunday, of course, the 3 July uh, picnic um, for church, after church. The pastor's going to be at the grill. So that, that'll be a, a good thing to come see. And I understand Mike and Squirrel wanted to come and say a few words. It's a real blessing to continue to be in service of Jesus Christ here at North Coast United Methodist Church. We're starting 
the snowball's starting to roll down the hill, and that's a good thing. There's a lot of ministries that we're picking up, and a lot of ministries that we're continuing. And I'll share with you a preview on, on July 10th. We're going to have a special speaker here from Brother Benham's to help us know not just the part that we do monthly, a part of the serving the breakfast, but also their overall ministries and everything that Brother Benham's does. It's my hope to try to arrange a representative of every program that we serve and service with so that as we live our conference's goal to feed spiritual and physical hunger, you can know more about the groups we're working with. So uh, our first uh, uh, share will be here on July 10th and, and many more to come. As we pray for the path of the world and, and, and all of the needs throughout our communities, are there any personal prayer requests that you have? Versus God, even in the places that we don't raise our hands, we still hold prayers. Sometimes there's prayers that we hold deep and we don't share. So precious God, for those prayers, we ask you to be real. For the moments of peace that we sit in, that we can just be in your presence, we say thank you. Join us today, Lord, help us be in your presence. In your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen.
Jenga, you got all the blocks and they stack on each other and the game is to try to knock a block out and stack it on top without having a whole thing fall down. That's one of my favorite games and the one that I have is taller than Alex. We're going to play life-size Jenga today. <laughs> What's that? Pretty, pretty large. Yeah. Well, one of the things I think about when I play Jenga is sometimes we make a decision and it's helpful. We can move the piece out and we can set it on top, no problem. But then sometimes we make a decision in Jenga and we move the wrong piece and everything falls down. So that's kind of like living. Sometimes we make choices and they help us out. We help our moms or dads, our friends, and it's all good. Sometimes we make choices and we accidentally hurt people's feelings and we have to say we're sorry. But the point of it all is we get to rebuild the game and start all over again, whether that we make the right decision or the wrong. Today I'm going to talk about St. Francis's prayer. And his prayer's main words is, make me an instrument of peace. So today when we play Jingo, I'm going to remind you of this children's message. And we'll talk a little bit about making decisions. And most of will have fun playing Jenga. And we'll remember that sometimes we make a decision and the whole thing falls down. And sometimes we make a decision and there's peace in the game. So let's join together in prayer. Dear God, guide me to make the right choices. Amen. Okay, enjoy Sunday school. I'll slug on the floor and press the
and trusting us to serve as your disciples. Strengthen us in this time of worship that we may live by your spirit and walk in faithfulness all the days of our lives. Our scripture today is a little bit different. It's not scripture. Today we're going to use the prayer of St. Francis as a guidepost to deal with frustration and happiness and joy and all the complex realities that exist in being servants of Jesus Christ. So instead of sharing today our scripture comes from, today I share with you our prayer passage comes from the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O oh, Divine Master, grant that I may not seek so much to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Please enjoy this song.
girls like Sarah McLaughlin's voice with that song. Precious God, be with us today as we look at the path of peace that you lay before us. Precious God, help us be the agents of peace and care. Help us walk through the murky places of living with your light blazing before us. Precious God, be with us. Be our voice, touch our hearts. Help us hear what we need to hear. Amen. In our opening prayer today, as I began to share with you some of the opportunities that we'll have to hear from the leaders of the care agencies that we participate with as North Coast United Methodist Church, I shared with you a level of excitement that I hold in my life. We've made it through a point in COVID that we are able to physically be back in places to be the visual representation of Jesus Christ's care. We get to hear this prayer of thank St. Francis, this prayer of St. Francis, and look at it through such an eyes that we can be spiritually moved and to step out and do some wonderful things that people will see and people will begin to respond to. It has been my blessing, and years ago we had a meeting in this room and we had tables set up, it was a Saturday meeting. We had tables set up, and we, I began to have everyone share with me the places of their passion, the things that they are stirred by, that they're motivated by. We talked about the things that give us hope and give us inspiration. And then we also took time to talk about if we are stirred and motivated and moved by these things, how do we actively step out to share it with other friends and other communities and other places so that their lives can be stirred and moved as well? I was very excited by that in February of 2020 when we all sat over here in this side of the room and began to lay out a mission statement of what we were going to do in 2020 to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ as we spoke in February of 2020 on what we would do. And then God had other plans. March happened. And we had to rethink ministry. We didn't have to just look at the things that stir and motivate us as individuals to be servants. We had to look at the core element that we are fed to be in service and look at it through a new set of eyes on how to participate with the greater world and even our core elements of ministry. And we did it. And we walked through. And then one day we were sitting in the parking lot in our cars. And then one day we were sitting on the back porch, and now today we are sitting in on an extended journey, looking at what it means to be instruments of peace. And now, once again, I get to remind you of what we talked about two years ago. How do we take our passions and use them to touch the greater world? As we hear the words of St. Francis that says, make me an instrument of your peace, how do we become the instruments that sing the songs of hope that stirs and motivates others to follow? We do it in many ways. We do it with great joy and happiness. We do it through the murky concerns of reality and we do it with a hope that we create a better tomorrow. Let's talk about the easy part first, because I've already embarrassed myself trying to get off the ground in my vestments. So let's have a little bit more fun as we start. Because it can be fun to be an instrument of peace. When I think about what it means to be a soldier in the army of Jesus Christ, 
We're not Sergeant Brock. We're, we're not even Gomer Pyle. We can be individuals that can be in moments of great joy and great happiness and display hope in the lives of other people. I had a firsthand image of this last week of the hope that can happen that will draw people to our facility because we are willing to make known to the greater community that we see needs taking place and we want to be the hands of Jesus Christ to care for them. For weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, Chandra Roche has been helping us with our Ukrainian outreach. Before you leave, I want you to look at the Sunday school room and this area back here and to see the response that we have received from just saying we want to try to help. That's a surface look. The response of items that are in the sunshine room, the shelter, and along the line of the fellowship hall. This top layer visible response is all of the things that I'm going to help Jan sort through, and I hope that you help as well. <laughs> because Thursday we get to take them to Christ Ministry Center and touch people's lives. So that's a surface level. We put out a call and people respond. But when we put out a call and people respond, we never know who is actually going to respond. And last Thursday, we had a really cool, unique opportunity. As a dear friend, Olin, I want you to remember that name, Olin, and pray for Olin. Olin is a Ukrainian immigrant that showed up at our church Thursday asking for help. We put out the signs. We put out the call. We had people respond to be active in helping. And because people responded in being active in helping, someone responded to be helped. We no longer were a community just collecting things to pass on to the next source to hand out. We had the opportunity to hear a story of thousands and thousands and thousands of people looking for a place of safety. We had the opportunity to hear the concerns of an individual who has been able to break free from war and fear and hurt, but still have the fear and the worry because of the family that was left behind. We became a place not just collecting goods, but we became a place that was willing to stop and listen and hear the true story of the people we're trying to take care of. It's a whole journey, especially when we're serving in ministry in a place that we find happiness and joy and doing that service, when we actually listen to the individuals that we are trying to help, we get to hear just how much help we're providing. I want you to think about that reality, because I hope this isn't the only time that we embark on a large-scale care process to help I saw many years ago when I first walked through here what it means to be empowered in ministry by using our community partners. The first thing that I fell in love with North Coast United Methodist Church was the relationship with North Coast United Methodist Church and the Interfaith Shelter Network. Now, we're having church and we have a church of dear friends that aren't always completely physically able to do the most. But when we take what we have and partner with a community leader like Interfaith Shelter Network, we are able to meet needs at least four weeks a year or more. We're able to do things that we could not do alone because we don't have the skills of intake or review to make sure that we're getting the right help to the right people at the right moment. 
the clear visible example in our relationship with the interfaith shelter network shows when we find the people who have the knowledge and the resources and we go to them and say we want to be the hands and feet of help great things can happen on monday mornings once a month we go to brother benos and i shared earlier we'll have a representative of Brother Benos here soon to share their entire outreach care. But one Monday a month, we are a part of a greater system that we don't have to figure out how to create and construct and monitor on our own. We work not just with the staff at Brother Benos, but other worship communities throughout North County to make sure that every weekday morning an individual has breakfast. The blessing and the joy that comes from being a part of the greater system. When we had our meeting two years ago, the conversation continued. We cannot construct things. We don't have the knowledge and the strength to do that. But we know individuals who do. And the more that we partner with those who know, the more we can do. And then we can live in the reality of what ministry is. And the reality of ministry is the only thing that limits ministry is the limit of our imagination. I want us to continue to think about that and exist in these moments of joy because unfortunately those moments of joy don't always exist, and we are still called to be the representatives to reach out and reach the needs and to care for individuals who begin to feel lost and forgotten. The reality of living is like the Jenga game that I shared with the kids. Sometimes we make choices and we make the best choices that we feel will help us build the tower higher and we become taller and stronger. But unfortunately, even within the best intents, we make decisions that causes the entire structure to fall down. The reality of living in a murky, messed up world is even when we do the things that we feel are the best, we still unintentionally cause harm. When we step out to be the instruments of peace, even within our best intentions, someone is hurt. I am going to read the next thing because the next thing I want to say is too important to say wrong. Something happened Friday, I know all of you have been waiting to hear my idea. So here it comes. And it exists in this reality of even within our best efforts of being caregivers, we live in a mercy, murky, messed up world that is so messy that people get hurt. Everything I'm about to read, I it's saved if you won't get printed out for you. We continue to be a collection of people who seek to do no harm, do good, and to love God daily. In that journey, we move into difficult moments that are messy and frustrating, pushing us to look at situations for deeper insight and deeper significance. Today, I wrestle with the decision of the Supreme Court through Dobbs and Jackson. Although, although many conversations will become directed towards an ethical debate focusing on abortion, I feel the implications of this decision creates deeper concerns. I feel we need to discuss the implications of this decision that comes, that connects to women's care for physical health and oppressive control of an individual's decisions related to their own physical care. This decision completely takes the choice away from women that will live 
and the lifetime of consequences that will follow. I feel we need to discuss the implications of removing regulated and supervised care for all individuals seeking proper medical assistance and the creation of harmful consequences that could result from seeking that care in other ways. I feel we need to discuss the marginalized souls who need and already have needs that surround food insecurity and proper housing and medical care and sufficient childcare to sustain employment that are already not being adequately addressed. I feel we need to discuss the ramifications of when laws are created that hold direct control over select communities of people and how other laws could also potentially be made that would create restrictive control over others. I feel we need to discuss the mental and emotional harm caused to an individual by carrying a pregnancy resulting from rape or incest when an individual is forced to carry that pregnancy by forces outside of their control. As we look at this concern deeper, we discover that the surface level debate distracts from layers and layers of harm experienced underneath it. Harm that creates barriers to proper medical care and dignity and personal choices for women. Let's be in prayer for all the implications as we try to do no harm, do good, and to love God daily, a minefield of consequences. I pray to do the work to build our awareness of the deeper needs that resonate under the surface of the distraction of ethical debates. We want to copy of that. If you didn't understand anything that said, we try to be agents of peace in a really hard place to do it. And I'm going to give you a true Davis response so I can catch my breath. You all know my heroes, Batman. Batman. So when I was a kid, the Batman was the start night. Protector. He existed in the shadows. He existed in the darkness. And Batman was only seen by the ones who walked in the darkness, the ones who caused harm and hurt. And that was Batman's identity. But then I get to this new movie, this Batman that Robert Patterson's had. And there's this moment that Batman not only has to step out of the darkness, but he literally holds a torch over his head. Also, torture becomes an image of hope for other people to follow. So, when we get these murky areas, there's two things that can happen. We either get stuck in the darkness and we only fight the darkness, or we become the ones that all for other people to follow. And even in places that we hold personal conflict over the decisions that are made, we still take the next step to look past our own personal understandings to see the layers upon layers upon layers of hurt and harm that exist underneath it. And we don't fight in the darkness. Come on to the carry the torch for others to follow. That gets us to our last point. So we have to think about the future as we become the caregivers of hope and peace. We can exist in the fun. 
we can exist in the dark, murky, scary areas, but all of it, every bit of it, is so that individuals, whoever they may be, no matter how dark their path, the individuals that are looking for the hero to raise the torch of hope, find a place to come to the pinpoint. We saw it on Thursday with Paul. I saw it last Saturday with six friends who came to visit our church that I met right by the beach. We see it every time that someone says, I saw you and I'm here. As we deal with this, as we deal with decisions that take power away from OP, as we deal with decisions that take choices away from people that should have the choices, Pray that we can do so even within emotional conflict within ourselves and dealing with it. That we can still be the ones that hold up the torches over our heads and take peace to the world. I need to catch my breath. I need to play a sermon of one more time. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and joyful thing always and everywhere to be to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. In the still of the night, you called the child Samuel, and he heeded your call and became your loyal servant. And so, with your people on earth and all the people of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of heaven, full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. 
through him light has shone out of the darkness, shone into our hearts. Your spirit anointed him to preach the good news to the poor and proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, he gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and spirit. On the night in which that he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, he gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take heed, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, he gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts of Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith, that Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, redeemed by his blood. For while we may be afflicted in every way, we are not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at the heavenly banquet through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Please receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. Spirit on these gifts. 